0: going on world and welcome back to the pursuit of the good life podcast your favorite podcast that helps you grow both personally and professionally i'm your host with the most your favorite coach the cameron lovelace helping you create your version of the good life every single thursday all right so y'all know how we do we bring on great guests with great stories with a whole bunch of different backgrounds but this we're going in the business edition pursuit of the good life because uh my my guest that i have is a he is a not just an entrepreneur i'd say he's a full-blown business owner because he he has a major he has a major business and then he's also exploring and we're constantly having conversations about like just growing and expanding our territory but also he is a husband he is a father he's a great man of god so i i'm real excited to get into this interview and share y'all a little bit about my brother Mr. Kelvin Woods. Kelvin, what's what's going on?
1: What's going on, man? I appreciate you having me on.
0: I appreciate you for coming on. So, all right, so tell tell the people who 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 are not maybe from Memphis and not from uh Chattanooga who don't know a little bit about you, tell the people a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay, good deal. Well, I just kind of give the Uh, what is the bird's eye view perspective and if you want to dive in deep on anything I say just let me know so originally from Memphis man family is from Orange Mound kind of grew up in Orange Mound and uh, North Memphis my mom moved us out to North Memphis when we were uh, I was in the eighth grade so I kind of grew up in both neighborhoods but uh, Orange Mound has a huge passion for that's where my my family was born and raised grandparents still stay there but I went to high school over at Overton uh, graduated 2005. Not sure how much you know about, you know, Overton and their program, but they have a program called CAPA, uh which stands for Creative Arts, Creative and Performance Arts. Mm-hmm. And um, so because I went in the district, I had to audition to get into Overton. So I auditioned for art. Uh, I was originally supposed to go to actually Northside, uh, or I could have used my grandparents' address and went to Melrose. Uh, I did go to Melrose my sophomore year, but that's another story. But anyway, so got into Overton Man for art. Uh love drawing, love painting, uh, things like that, but didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do for a career. Um, so I started approaching my senior year and... I kind of wanted to move in towards an architectural type role, but I wasn't that great at math, so I decided to go towards graphic design. Mm. Uh, I wanted to do painting and drawing, but a lot of people said, you know, it's not a lot of money in that uh, most artists make money when they pass away. And, of course, you know, we grew up watching, you know, Lifestyle of the Rich and Famous, MTV, Cribs, print My Ride. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to choose a group that was going to produce lifestyle as well. Uh, So I went towards the graphic design route, man. I went over to school at UTC, University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, uh, and studied graphic design. Uh, But while going to school for graphic design, I started several different, you know, ventures. A buddy, man, a good buddy of mine, uh, started a magazine company. He was going to school over at Knoxville. Uh, so he would drive down on the weekends. And if you walk into my dorm room my freshman year, it would literally look like a Kinko's uh, or a FedEx office. You know, they went through the rebranding, but it would look like a print shop. And uh, we would work on that magazine, man, for a weekend, uh, couple weekends before we got ready to launch it. And the printer crapped out. You know, we spent all this money. I think we probably got maybe... 50 issues printed, 50 magazines printed, uh, but we collected a lot of ad money. So we ended up having to give people their money back, things like that. But that experience taught me a lot uh, about entrepreneur, just about the creative you know, space and things like that. So it really kind of shifted my perspective. And I went on this real aggressive, um, you know, just mental study and mentality, you know, all of these things. It's self-development, I guess, is the mm-hmm. best summing up. And I went on this real aggressive, man, self-development course and just reading, studying, listening to whatever I can get my hands on, trying to develop myself into an entrepreneur. Uh, Fast forward a little bit, started working over at FedEx Kinko's uh, third shift while I was in school. So I go to school and I head over there and I start doing production at night. And just fell in love with print, man. And, you know, I vowed that when I can afford to, you know, get my own equipment, didn't necessarily know it was going to be in the t-shirt industry. But when I can get my own equipment, I was going to start a print company. So got married uh, right out of college at 22. And my wife, she was in the technology uh, industry and she got a promotion up in Nashville. So we moved up to Nashville. um, And around that time, I was Moving up with the with the company that I was with FedEx King, I was I was a, I was in management, lead production coordinator, and man walked in walked in one day and decided you know it's not something I was passionate about anymore. I didn't want to necessarily make them a lot of money when I could be doing it for myself. So walked in, man. I don't know if you're familiar with the traditional uh, FedEx uniform, but I walked in with a suit and tie, and they instantly knew something was wrong. It was like, dude, you had a uniform. What's going on? I was like, yeah, let me let me talk to you for a second. So we went in the manager's office, man. And and I told him, I was like, man, I appreciate the opportunity. Great company. Learned a lot. But, you know, I want to step out and do my own thing. And He was like, man, I totally understand. You know what I'm saying? You got a good head on your shoulder. You're sharp. You know what I'm saying? Go for it. And he was like, but put a two week notice in that way. If things don't work out, you can always come back. And I was like, man, I appreciate the advice, but unfortunately, this is this is my last day. Uh, I can't put that two-week notice in. And he was like, well, I'm gonna have to code you as a rehire. And I was like, man, I totally understand. Uh, and and if you fast forward a little bit in the story, man, I regret it not putting that two-week notice in because my first year in business, I made eight thousand dollars. Mm. You know. It was- it was just not a lot of money at all. Uh, but I had to do it because going through that self-development process, I had read something that said, if you don't burn the bridges, you will always retreat. So because I burned the bridge, it was no way for me to go back. So I had to go forward. Uh, so, man, stepped away at 24 uh, and, you know, started the T-shirt company out of my two car garage over in Nashville. Uh, did that for about two years there before moving back home uh, to in 2014. So. Currently thirty four now, man. So I've been an entrepreneur and self employed for ten years.
0: Man, that's that's crazy. I didn't even know. I had no idea about FedEx Kinkos because I'm because I remember when they was the little the little stop before. I think the FedEx buy them and then they expand and then expanded
1: yeah so fedex bought them way before i started working for them but just never rebranded it and then they started going through this rebranding process and it was fedex kinko's it was kinko's originally right then it became fedex kinko's then it became fedex office Office. yeah yeah then they just kind of did away with the whole kinko's i liked it better when it was kinko's
0: (laughs) (laughs) cool well man tell me tell me what 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 it was one what made you want to get into entrepreneurship um because you know different people have different reasons so like some people say oh, i don't want to have a boss anymore well okay that means you're going to have to be your own boss or some people just say well i just want to make a whole lot of money okay well you got to earn that you <laughs> that money so what what made you want to get into entrepreneurship because originally you were in graphic design so why not you know explore that pathway as far as
1: yeah yeah absolutely and i think man um I think when people ask that question, they instantly think that because you're an entrepreneur, you feel like, you know, corporate America is bad. I don't feel like it's bad. It just wasn't for me. Uh, I wanted to be able to control my time. I wanted to be able to, you know, get up and go when I wanted. I wanted to be able to control my income. So those were a lot of decisions that, you know, a lot of the reasons that I made the decision to become an entrepreneur. And honestly, I was an entrepreneur at an early age. Um, you know, the graphic design, right, I think was just a way for me to stay in that creative space that I love so much mm. but you know starting a magazine company to doing painting and drawings for people for the holidays. Mm-hmm. I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, so that was one of the main reasons I went towards that way. And, you know, fast forward to today, there are now a lot of reasons that I didn't necessarily choose entrepreneurship back then, but I, I recognize that I'm glad I did at the time that I did because of some of the benefits uh, that we have now. We're family business. Uh, my brother works here. My wife works with me. You know, my daughter gets excited when she comes into, The t-shirt lab because it's a family-owned business she knows everybody here everybody knows her she's getting to learn entrepreneurship getting to learn about money so there's a lot of perks and benefits that we are able to take advantage of now that i didn't necessarily see or recognize as a 22 year old kid Mm -hmm. or 24 year old kid when i started you know the t-shirt lab
0: right so what made you what made you start the t-shirt like specifically the t-shirt lab like you said I'ma go T-shirt company. I'ma kill it. Like let's let's go. I'ma quit today. Like I'm a, I'm walking in and I'm quitting my job today. I'm got cases on all you. You know what I'm saying? So like, what what made you say and so confident? Like say T-shirts. That's the way.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, so, rewind a little bit. When I was working for FedEx, Kinkos, and still going to school at, in Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of T-shirt printers would come in during third shift. They'll be working on film, uh, transparencies and things like that to be able to set the screens up. Right. So I would be the one that would help them. And I would ask them a ton of questions, man, what are you working on? How does it work? Uh, and so I would do a lot of research while I was working there. And then I had a buddy that went to school with me. His girlfriend was the SGA president. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she said, Hey, she went to him and said, Hey, do you know anybody that do T-shirts? And he came to me and he was like, yo, can you do the graphics for this T-shirt? You know what I'm saying? We can make some money. I was like, yeah, I'll do the graphics, no problem. So we chopped up the graphics, sent it back to her, and she loved it. And she was like, how much does it cost to get the T-shirts printed? Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, all right, let me let me f- – pull up a contact or whatnot. So somebody came in, a guy by the name of James, I, I still keep in touch with him today. Uh, but he came in, he had his own little small t-shirt company in his garage in Chattanooga. And I told him, I was like, hey, we gotta order. Uh, I think it was like 500 t-shirts or something like that. They was giving them away. Uh, we charged them crazy, crazy price, $10 per shirt. So it was like a $5,000 order. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was my first t-shirt order. And when we cut that check and I saw how much money we made off of those t-shirts, I was like, yeah, eventually this is the industry I want to get in. So that's kind of how this seed got planted. So wait, was this, Uh,
0: was it senior year? Was this first year after graduation? When was this?
1: So I didn't graduate, man. I I quit, uh, college my second semester junior year. Mm. I Man, going through that self-development process and reading, I realized that I was racking up a lot of debt that I wasn't necessarily gonna use or benefit me because of my entrepreneur spirit. Mm-hmm. So I cut the bleed, man. I walked away from school with only 9000 dollars with student loan debt. Okay. So compared to some people today, man, that's you know what I'm saying, that's 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 great. That's, uh, that's me. That's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I walked away, man, uh, when I realized that the traditional job scene wasn't for me. So once when- about when did i decide to be an entrepreneur i think i always knew that i was going to go th- towards the entrepreneurial route and everything that i did kind of lined up you know what i'm saying to push me in that direction but yeah um that's how i got into the t-shirt uh industry and, and after that we still funneled a couple orders to him mm-hmm. from campus you know what i'm saying for a few years that was probably my sophomore year mm-hmm. and uh when we moved up to nashville i was i remember we were moving uh, to nashville and we walked into the storage place and we were talking to the guy and he was you know just asking what do we do professionally i told him as a graphic designer and he was like man my baseball team needs a new design for t-shirts so i'm like cool i do t-shirts and you know took the order and outsourced it and then when i was able to afford to get some equipment you know i started doing everything on my own right
0: man okay so you just grew into it and so so the beginning was the was the early seed of the sga order for sure. And then you definitely was like, OK, I can do this. So how do we go from five thousand on that one order to eight thousand in your first year?
1: Oh, <laughs> Lord, that's that's a great question. Were you married? at uh, time?
0: Were, were you first? Year yeah, year?
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was married when I stepped away and started the company. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I think it's just one of those things that. You just got to, you know, get out and grind. Uh, nothing comes easy. And although I had success, you know, early on when I didn't necessarily own a T-shirt company, it was a different story when my name was on, you know, what I'm saying, the business card. Uh, so and then having relationships in school, it was just one of those things that was easy. You know, they sent it to us. We knocked it out. It was my friend, girlfriend. We didn't have to bid on it or anything. It was just an easy order. But in the real world. Uh, you got to get out. You got to shake hands. You got to pass out business cards. People don't know Kelvin Woods. They don't know the T-shirt lab. So I had to let them know who I was. Right. And right. there was a um, just a period of time there that I just had to continue to sow seeds, grow, grind, let people know who I was before people trusted me to be able to do their orders. So that's really why we didn't generate a lot of revenue up front. I was a one-man show, man. I was getting up early, answering emails, going networking. Uh, I was going through 10,000 business cards a month, you know, just trying to get my name out there. If it was a breakfast networking spot, I was there, shaking hands, nervous as crap, you know what I'm saying? The youngest person in the room didn't know much about business, didn't know much about elevator pitch, but I, I was there, you know. And today is nothing. I can walk into a room and, you know, introduce myself and do all these things. But it started, you know, when I was 24, extremely nervous, didn't know what I was doing. But you know, just going through that process, man, over and over and over again. You know, people eventually started, you know, trusting me, knowing who I was, and that's kind of how the ball started rolling.
0: Right. So, so talk to the talk. Talk to the people who are maybe in that place that you were, that they making that first uh, that first five figure year, and they they looking <laughs> to transition <laughs> to six figures, or looking to take their business to the next to that next level. What was like that? That process like for you that hard turn like when things started to actually like consistently come in and consistently like you're consistently getting orders you're consistently getting referrals like business is is coming and you're growing like what what was that that turning point for you
1: yeah for sure man so kind of answer your question, you know, what would I tell somebody that's kind of looking to transition or into taking their business to the next level? You know, I'm real simple. I try not to overthink anything. I truly believe that everybody knows deep down inside what they need to do to go to the next level. The question is, are you going to face that fear, you know, and do what you know you need to do? Or are you going to, try to figure out other things to make the business grow and, and truthfully yeah you can you can you know play around with other things and you may see some some business growth but truly the growth that you want is going to be facing it one thing that one or two things that you know you need to do you know what i'm saying to grow the business whether that's walking in and out of places shaking people's hands saying hey i'm kelvin woods i own the t-shirt lab that you guys order shirts uh-huh. you know what i'm saying uh-huh. And that's tough, man. I remember doing it, you know, when I first started the company, going in and out of places. And I'm having to pump myself up before I got out of the car. Like, Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? The, the worst they can tell you is no. Mm-hmm. And going there talking extremely fast, hey, blah, 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 because I'm nervous. And they looking at me like, dude, no. And then I get back in the car, I'm defeated. And I'm like, I'm broke. So I'm going into this next place. You know what I'm saying? And just continuing to do that. And that was that one thing for me that I didn't necessarily want to do picking up the phone, making phone calls. You know, those are the tough things in my opinion to do. I was cool with the creative side. I can print t-shirts all day, but talking to people, facing my fears, trying to sell, that was one of the most challenging things for me. So, and man, just just facing that fear head on, you know what I'm saying, and knocking it out the park. And you know, I think at every transitional point, man, you just gotta, you gotta make sure that you, you well studied. Uh, as much as you can be, you're not gonna know everything, Things are going to come up once you make that transition that you just couldn't prepare for. But always having a little bit of capital saved up, you know what I'm saying, knowing what direction you want to go in, having a game plan, uh, a roadmap, you know, to to, to to know exactly where you're going. You may not get there. You may – you know, it may take you longer. You may get there quicker. But knowing where you're trying to go, I think, is always going to be the key. You, you can't – you know, you can't hit a target if you don't have a target, basically. Right. If that
0: makes sense. <laughs> Man, I got – I gotta drop the bomb on that one, because that 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 is so important. Because it is that 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 one or two things that you that you need to that you know you need to do that can take your business to the next level. For some people, it's procrastination. For sure, For some.
1: I talk, I talk, to people all the time, and they want to start their own business. They want to be an entrepreneur, and you know they asking about you know accounting. They're asking about you know. Uh, Taxes. They asking about all these things, and yeah, those things are important, you know. And, and eventually, you need to to get those things together. Mm-hmm. But truly, those aren't the things that's gonna grow your business. What's gonna grow your business is facing those fears, man, and getting out there and letting people know who you are.
0: Man, that's big. Okay, so tell me, wh- <laughs> tell me what this is like, because you know you you've been OG. You you've been married uh, to your high school sweetheart uh, for Just- for a long time. Um, I'm only married for going on three years, and I'm sitting here trying to convince. I'm trying to even contemplate what I would even tell my wife after I just quit my job and I just made eight thousand dollars a year. It was, it's okay, babe. Just, just believe in me. So tell me, tell me what that was like, because I, I, I'm very curious.
1: Okay, so this is this is a tough question. I don't think anybody has ever asked me this. Um, and it's a tough question because you got to know who you are and you got to know who your spouse is for me living a life that i don't desire to live is a non-negotiable so going to my wife and saying hey i'm I'm thinking about i I, want to start a business i want to do this i that's not me you know my thing is yo this is what i'm doing this is this is what's going to benefit us the most you know, and it's not running it by her, you know. And, and like I said, you just got to know yourself. You got to know your wife. But I can have that much confidence because I knew that what I was willing to do when things got hard. When there was zero dollars in the account, Kelvin Woods knew that he was going to get out and go, you know, what I'm saying sale. Or I was going to knock on somebody's door. I was going to figure it out. So the only reason I would ask is to get permission to fail. You know, is it okay if I do this? Because in the back of my mind, there's a chance that I may fail. I'm not asking because I know it's failure in the option. You know, so it's like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Um, But you gotta, like I said, you gotta know yourself and you gotta know your spouse. Uh, It worked for me. My wife is extremely supportive. You know, she knew I was an entrepreneur before we got married. She knew who I was. She knew, she saw me go through this intense self-development process. So all of that played into my way of approaching her with what I was trying to do. So when I said, yo, this uh, this is it. And actually, man, before I officially walked away, I had already started, you know, planting seeds, networking, doing things. I quit when it became too much for me to do both. Financially, I wasn't where I needed to be, right. but it was still too much for me to be able to do both. And I just saw more uh, opportunity on the entrepreneur side. So, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm done. And <laughs> she was like, okay. But she had already saw me doing the work. So it wasn't one of those things that was hard.
0: Yeah. And y'all was still... So when you walked off, this was... Did she finish? Or did she did she jump in with you? She jumped out with you?
1: <laughs> nah. She, that joke will finish college in three years, man. <laughs> so she was one of those... Patrice is one of those people, man, that... So uh, I'm one of those people. We took an English class together and I vowed never to take another class with with Patrice because she would give us an assignment. I come home to my dorm and I knock the assignment out immediately. Assignment ain't due until two weeks. Patrice would do the assignment an hour before class. I would get a C, she would get an A. Wow. So one of those type of people that, you know what I'm saying, she's just, she gets it. Mm-hmm. And she don't have to do a lot of studying, you know, anything like that. So she was able to knock out her four-year degree in three. Uh, and, yeah.
0: <laughs> and get her a nice, cushy corporate job while you chase this little entrepreneurial dream.
1: Sure. <laughs> and she was working for the company that she, uh, that you know, she eventually started working full-time for a while she was in college. So she interned for them for maybe a year or two. And when she graduated, it was just an easy, you know, transition for her uh, to start working for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, that's crazy. Cause I know there's, there's plenty of people out there who who have spouses that are like, uh, I don't know about this entrepreneurial stuff. I, I, had sure. um, I had an uncle, I had a cousin who tried it and they failed miserably and, all this good stuff, but that's great. Um, because at that point, y'all were, what, five years together? And then y'all been married for a couple years at that point?
1: Yeah. So we were 24 at the time. So we started dating at 17.
0: Oh, so seven.
1: Yeah, so 17. Um, yeah, we started dating at 17. I was senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we went to school together, so got married you know right after school then moved to nashville so yeah at that point we had plenty of life together
0: man that's awesome that's awesome okay so tell tell the people who the, the specific the people who who you hear you know there's there's no money in the arts there's no money in in, in graphic design yeah here you are you basically doing a a very successful business within gra- sure. within graphic design what what would you say to those people who are who are artistically driven but they just don't know how to find like their path,
1: their path? yeah yeah so i think a a lot of artists tend not to focus on the business side of things mm-hmm. they tend to mm-hmm. only focus on the creative side uh mm-hmm. and i got a ton of friends that's artists and and, and in a lot of cases honestly I'm not accepted in a lot of art circles because I do make a living, you know, from my creative ability. It's almost one of those things to be fully accepted as an artist. You got to be out here starving. And, you know, I just don't buy into that. But, yeah man so but i think a lot of artists don't tend to focus on the business side man you know look at how much time it's going to take you to do something charge accordingly uh have confidence in your skill and your ability and man it's 2021 you know you got so many opportunities everything that you see now is some form of art you know from fashion on instagram from you know Your haircut. You know, that's a form of art. Uh, Art is in everything that you do. T-shirts that you wear, the way you decorate your home. So as an artist, there is several ways to, you know, make a living uh, from doing art. And then, you know, this is a space that I'm not even super familiar with. But if you start looking into like the blockchains and the NFTs and you start hearing about this digital art and cryptocurrency. And being able to make percentage off of every time their artwork sells, you know, what I'm saying it's changing the game. It's changing the game for artists. So if you a starving artist out here today, it's because you don't want to make money. Plenty mm. <laughs> of ways to make money as an artist.
0: Man, if if you if you are an artist out here making money, it's because you don't want to make money. Man, yeah, for sure. They, yeah. Take that to the bank and smoke it. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show. But I have a question for you. If you're listening to this podcast and you're hearing the gems being dropped, you're hearing the stories and you're being inspired and you say, you know what, I'm ready to create my version of the good life. If that's the case, then I highly recommend that we start working together. And so I want to invite you for being a listener of the podcast to a free strategy call with yours truly. And in that strategy call, what we're going to do is to help you really identify what it is that you're trying to do in your personal and your professional life help you identify the problems that you have to overcome to make that happen, and then we're going to put together a strategy so that you can go out and create that version of the good life, all right? So if you're really interested, if you're serious, and you're interested in creating that version of the good life and taking those steps, what I want you to do is to visit www.cameronlovelace.com slash strategy and sign up for your personal Zoom call today, all right? Enjoy the rest of the episode. Um... (laughs) But okay, cool. So what 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 exactly goes into like a T-shirt business? Because because've I've seen like this, I've seen that, some people like, oh, you you can just get started, sell it to this company if you want to just get started. Well, you said, okay, I want to do that, but I also want to have my own machine because I, I remember, you know, I've been up to the store, so I've seen the yeah. the big crazy machines where you're doing all of that. So t- tell me a little bit about what what it takes to really run and up and maybe even upgrade and develop a t-shirt business
1: yeah yeah so i think it's so many different you know levels to the t-shirt to the t-shirt business uh you got your home-based businesses uh people that's running little etsy shops and things like that you don't necessarily need a lot of equipment uh you know a couple couple two three things and you you're good to go uh but my vision was always uh bulk you know how do we get the 10,000-piece orders? How do we get the 5,000-piece orders? So that was always my business model. Uh, now, we started off as a home-based business because there's, I started in a two-car garage, right. and my minimums was extremely low. Um, at that time, you can order one T-shirt from me, uh, and I'll do it, no problem. Uh, and as we kind of progressed throughout the years, when we moved out of the garage, we finally got our first store. Uh, we upped our minimums to 12 because we had more overhead. We had employees. We had, you know, electricity and things like that, that we had to factor into the price. And you fast forward to today, you know, we're in a 7,000 square foot facility. You know, we got easily a quarter million dollars worth of equipment, uh, uh, 18 members. So, you know, we upped our minimums now to 24 t-shirts per order. So I think it's different levels, man. And you got t-shirt companies that, I mean, we're small compared to some of these t-shirt companies, you know, that's doing thousands of thousands of shirts on a daily basis my capacity right now is about 16,000 shirts a day you guys you got t-shirt companies that you know laugh at that uh, but you know it's it's different levels you just got to decide what level you want to you know play it and you know grow towards that so the the bulk order um industry or side of the t-shirt company does require a lot of investment uh, because now we're fully automatic uh, so we run automatic equipment we don't do the manual pressing anymore we just couldn't keep up with the demand doing manual so we invested in our auto equipment which allows us to crank out you know several thousand shirts an hour uh but you can do manual you can do like i said the small one-off etsy uh shopify things like that you got a lot of people that's doing dropship now um uh, small equipment where they can print on a home-based printer Press it onto the shirt and be good to go. So it just really depends on what it is you're trying to do, but it's still
0: plenty of opportunity. Okay, so you went by you went through very fast. Okay, let's 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 break these <laughs> down. Okay, so if you are home based so w- when you got started at home base, what did because did you have the big? Because I know you in the fancy screen print the printer that cranks out thousands an hour, but where, what were you when you first got started in the garage?
1: Yeah, man, that's a great question. And honestly, I was I was fortunate, man. I was blessed big time. Mm-hmm. So when I decided to step away from uh, the my full time job, I only had a little machine called the Udo. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Look it up. Wow. It's it's a it's a, it's a crap. Okay. Uh, and there's no way you can build a t shirt company off of that. But I uh, I had a buddy over in Knoxville and he uh he was kind of doing some things in the t-shirt industry as well and you know we had talked about it or whatnot and he had hit me he was like yo i'm selling some of my equipment you know so i'm like all right cool man he's like you, you can come down here and buy a press so i'm like all right so told patrice i was like hey i'm gonna leave the shop i'm gonna leave work early uh or actually i was uh yeah i was still working at that time so i was like i'm gonna leave a little bit early i'm gonna shoot down to knoxville and pick up a press um uh, and this is when when I got this equipment. That's when I knew it was time for me to step away. But anyway, I was like, I'm going to go down here and get this press. So I got down there and he was like, yo, there's a guy that was supposed to come before you and get the rest of this stuff. This is my last day. I got to clear this out. Mm. The amount of money that I paid for the amount of equipment was just it was a blessing, man. I got a whole print shop, you know. Uh, so I had the, I had a six color six head or six station uh manual press i had a light table i had a wash booth i had probably several hundred dollars worth of inks i had blank t-shirts catalogs so i literally opened up a full print shop in my garage when i did stuff the job so i was blessed uh big time uh in that regards because i was just going down there to get that press right and when i got down and he was like yo somebody was supposed to pick up before you they didn't come i gotta get all this stuff out he didn't charge me any additional so i, I took everything was just <laughs> at the right place at the right time right place right time man god moving his hand dude it's, and, and, and it's always like that it's once you make a decision it seems like everything you know in my in my life i feel like every time i make a decision to do something you know things start lining up to support that decision. But the biggest step is you got to make the decision, you know what I'm saying, and commit to that decision. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've ever read The Secret or watched it on you know, YouTube where it talks about keeping the things that you want in front of you, you manifest those things, you know what I'm saying, what you say comes to you and things like that, man. I I believe in all of that. I believe that once you make the decision, the universe then starts to move things in place, you know what I'm saying, to support that decision that you make, but you can't trick the universe. You can make a fake decision, and I feel like the universe knows that. Like, yeah, he ain't necessarily serious. But once you serious, things always tend to line up, you know what I'm saying, to support the decision that you made.
0: Man, that's big. Somebody needs to just decide that they're going to do it. They're, they need to decide that they're going to put 100, you know, we we follow ET, 120. Not, not, not 70, not 80, not 99, yeah. but 120, 100% effort. That's awesome. Okay,
1: man, I tell you, shoot, put put fifty percent. It don't matter. Just go. I think the challenge is we are so well studied and educated. You know what I'm saying? And I feel, and we feel like that's the first step. We gotta get educated. We gotta get educated. But we never, you know, apply that knowledge that we learn. I don't care if you apply ten percent of it. Just get started. And eventually, you know, yeah, you want to work your way up to the 100%, that hundred percent, that hundred and twenty percent. But some is for some people. That's just too much for them to grasp. Like, man, I can't go 120%. That's fine. Just go five. Go 10. Go 15. Do something. You know what I'm saying? Apply that knowledge that you've learned, and you'll surprise
0: yourself. Right. Man, that's big. Okay. So, what made you transition? Because you said you you was in Nashville, and then you moved back home. So, what 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 made that decision? Like to to move? Because I imagine that's a you moving whole clientele. Like, if you have any return customers, it's like, I, I'm moving west. I got to go back home. What, what what prompted that decision? Was that God or what, what was that?
1: Yeah, so it was uh, our daughter. So uh, our second year, my ah. second year running the company.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, my second year running the company, we got pregnant. So um, we had the little one. And naturally, because I was working from home, quote, unquote, Patrice didn't necessarily see all the work that I was doing, it was no oh, the baby can stay with you, right? You know, no. So <laughs> exactly. So for about eight months there, she Patrice had you know off of maternity leave, back at work. Mm-hmm. So for about eight months there, she was with me every single day. Everything that I was doing, if I was going to drop off t-shirts, mm-hmm. I had a box in one hand, had the uh, the little car seat in the other right. hand, okay. and I, I j- it just became too much. I was like, look. I can't do this. We got to move back home, get some support, get some help. You know, we both from Memphis. So we moved. That's why we moved back uh, just to get a little bit more help and free me up to really grow the business. Because at that point, the first year I, I told you, we only made eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Well, that second year, man, uh, after increasing my, my my hustle and my grind, passing out 10,000 business, yep. right. yeah, facing that fear, man, knocking on doors. You know, I had made 60 grand, mm. you know the end of the year so at that point i knew i had something right. and if i if i was gonna grow it i couldn't grow it and you know what i'm saying have my daughter with me every single day it wasn't gonna be healthy for her first of all and it just I, it was no way that i was gonna be able to grow you know the company doing that. so we made the decision to move back home at that point
0: man what, what, was, day, what was daycare back then because i've heard astronomical daycare prices now well so i'm curious what was daycare prices then? Cause she what? She's
1: she'll be eight, man, and uh, yeah, she'll be eight April the eleventh in a couple of days, actually. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know what daycare calls back then, man. I know we got a lot of family support. Patrice worked from home, uh, so she did. I think it's called like a Mother's Day out. She'll do a Mother's Day out program. Uh, at one of the churches that was close to us a couple times a, a week. But I don't think we fully put her in daycare until we purchased our home out in Arlington. And then we was just too far from family to drop her off. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember what it cost.
0: Man, it sounds like y'all, y'all's parents was like, yes, bring me the baby. Bring." Uh, we want to We want all day, every day.
1: Great grandparents, yeah, you know. They were they were retired at home, things like that. So it helped out.
0: Gotcha. So what what tell me about like the, the, the family background and like there cause were you the first entrepreneur in your family?
1: No, actually, man, my grandfather and my grandmother, they uh um, on oh. my side, he had retired as a truck driver. Mm. And then um he started his own dump truck company and at one point he had five trucks. Mm. Uh, five or four or five trucks I can't remember but he had all of his sons driving uh, for him and they did pretty good uh, didn't know much about business business eventually failed, uh, taxes and things like that uh, but no I was I wasn't the first entrepreneur
0: okay so yo so when you told your your mom your dad her Patrice's mom and dad you said I'm I'm gonna quit Kinko's and I'm finna and your daughter we're gonna run this business well, she is, she already had her job and all this good stuff. So, what what was the reaction to the family? Because a lot of people are scared to jump because of that family.
1: <laughs> Man, let me tell you something. Uh, changing a career from working to being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. that was that was the easy decision. It was I'm quitting college. That was the uh, tough. That uh, was the conversation. it's like this ain't for me Mm -hmm. and you know it was all everybody was very supportive man it was you know yeah take some time off if you feel like it ain't for you right now take some time off and you know if things don't work out as always if things don't work out you can always go back never had any intentions of going back and you know the conversation with my parents I don't even think I had that conversation like hey I'm going into full time entrepreneurship it was came home for Thanksgiving how's everything going everything good you know I started a t-shirt company it was probably something like that. Mm. I, I don't necessarily get permission from a lot of people, man, to, you know, for someone passionate about, you got one life to live, man. I, You know, I say this respectfully, but I I personally don't care what people think. You know what I'm saying? I got to do this for me and mine. And, you know what I'm saying? If I fail, that's how life feels, man. You're going you to fail. I still We fail today. You know, we mess up orders. We, we fail at a lot of stuff. You know, but I ain't going to get permission. I ain't going to get permission to fail. We're going to do this, and we're going to figure it out, and we're going to keep on moving. That's just my
0: that's just my personality. I don't need that's that might be the name of the podcast episode. I don't need permission to fail.
1: Yeah, I don't need permission. You're going to do that anyway. <laughs>
0: right. Man, I I mean I mean but a lot of people like struggle. I mean, you don't, but I mean a lot of people struggle with that and I think a lot of people need to hear that that I I don't need your permission. Like I yeah. like it would be great if I had your your support, but ultimately sure. I don't need your permission to do what I know is right.
1: Yeah, and there's pros and cons to that, man, because, you know, people will, uh, will cut you off, too, you know. All right, so you, you think you know everything, you want to do it yourself, you know what I'm saying, you go do it. Now, fortunately, that wasn't my situation, but you got to be prepared for things like that, you know what I'm saying, Uh i didn't necessarily i wasn't concerned with it but you know just understand that once you say stuff like that like man i don't need your permission understand that you do isolate yourself and then you can lose support of people but you got to be strong enough to say all right i'm okay with it and if you're not strong enough to say that then your approach can't be my approach you know i knew what i was willing to do at the end of the day i knew what i was willing to do
0: man facts okay so tell me when you started becoming uh uh so not necessarily a so what Now let me ask that the solopreneur to building that team, like you said, okay, I need some help. <laughs> like I, I I got I'm getting more orders than I can physically like screen print and order. Like what was it like building that team and and scaling? Because a lot of people don't transition from solopreneur to that business owner where they have employees. So what what was that transition? Yep. I'm curious.
1: So, man, I read a book called The E-Myth okay. by Michael Gerber. Great book. Um,
0: but it talks right. about let, me, systemi- let me write that down. Michael?
1: I think it's Michael Gerber, uh, but it's The E-Myth, and it stands for The Entrepreneur Myth. And um, in this book, he talks about how to systemize your business, how to document everything so that one day you can transition out of their position and then put somebody else in their position. So when I started to teach her lab... My goal was franchise. How can I build a brand that I can franchise? And I successfully franchised two locations, um, you know, of the T-shirt lab at one point. But you know, that was always kind of my mindset. So when things, when a when a task got to the point to where, and, and let me say this, it, I was never just a solo entrepreneur. Patrice, even while she was working her corporate job, I'm like, hey, you know, I just ran into this client. Um, they need a quote on hundred T-shirts. I'm not in a position to do that right now. Can you log in and shoot them a quote? So she was always there. Bobby, my brother, who's now you know my partner and who runs production. Mm-hmm. I'm in Nashville. Right. Yo, I got 10,000 t-shirts. I have no idea how I'm going to get this done in a week. All right, cool. I'm coming down this weekend. We'll knock it out together. You sleep for a couple hours. I knock it out. I sleep, we knock it out. So I was never solo, to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? And I got to give them mad credit, man, because I think people see the T-shirt lab and, yeah, I'm the face of it, but this this didn't come together just because of me. You know, Bobby and Patrice put crazy hours in, you know what I'm saying, and extremely dedicated to the company and the brand, and that's why we were able to grow. But, man, that was always my focus, you know, to, to try to franchise it out. And because I documented and systemized every single, and that's my mind too, man, I love systemizing stuff, you know. Uh, I'm just not that good. If it's not a system, I probably end up failing. So I I recognized that early on. So oh, uh, <clears throat> I brought on Bobby, which was great because he was, you know, my brother. And I was like, look, we ain't making no money. You know, what I'm saying, keep your keep your job. Uh, I'm gonna do this thing full time and you just kind of help out as you can and then when it got to a point to where you know he couldn't juggle both of them you know we had to have a conversation like yo it it can grow you know what i'm saying but i can't ask you to step away from your full-time career to pursue Something that I felt like was my dream. But he was like, "Nah, man, I see the vision. I see where we're going. This is what I'm doing, too. So he stepped away full time. And honestly, man, when we moved back in 2014, I don't think Bobby and I took a salary for two years. We took enough to cover bills, to eat, you know, things like that. But that was it. Everything else went back into the business. And then when we hired our first employee, we we didn't have the money. uh, But we also didn't have the capacity to keep up with what we were doing so we just stepped out on faith and we hired the employee and and it worked out and then we hired another one and it worked out and then we hired another one and it worked out and then we you know we found creative ways to uh to get through some of the busy seasons we did a lot of internships uh through city programs and things like that so we'll get you know five or six kids they would come in and you know help us out they would fold t-shirts and stuff like that freed us up to do the more important stuff until we can afford to you know bring on staff so that's kind of how we did it and kind of how we transitioned into it
0: you know why do i why am i picturing you with with with, with little kids and chains to the ankles chains to the t-shirt and hey, get back to work <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be a very inaccurate picture right uh Nah, man, it was dope, though, man. I got I got these kids. And, and when I say kids, they were, you know, sophomores, juniors, right, right, right. seniors. Right, right, right. Actually, man, what's crazy is one of my employees um, is started from their internship, and he's still with me today. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So... I, I, it was so it was so cool because these kids would come in. They wanted to be you know entrepreneurs and they wanted to learn because they kind of got a chance to pick what they wanted. You know they saw the profiles of the companies and stuff like that. So the ones that we got, they picked us. Mm. So they wanted to learn about it. So you know we would do this thing, man, where we would you know we would literally just pour information and knowledge into and them as we were working. Yo, you and you in high school, this is what you need to be looking out for. This is what you need to do. You know we teach them about entrepreneurship. We teach them that. Mind mindset and we get we get kids man that worked for us years ago that will come in and be like yo i remember something you told me man you know that really helped me out let me tell you what i'm doing now and it's just it's just a cool thing to, to see now so now nah, we, we definitely wasn't chains and cracking whips man it was a real cool t-shirt lab is probably the coolest place you can work you ask any of my employees it's man probably one of the coolest places you can work
0: with. oh i believe it and then y'all get off <laughs> y'all not only do you get to flex that creative juice but then it's a family mindset you got your daughter running around i'm sure hold on is, is, does your daughter know how to make a t-shirt yet i'm sure you don't put her on the machine no
1: nah, man she don't she's I, I probably won't teach her how to make a t-shirt she needs to learn more you know uh how to scale and things like that man you know so she can take some orders i can tell you this. she go to school and come back with a different request every day yeah i told so-and-so so-and-so i can i bring her a shirt now the money part of it had uh, <laughs> been mean, attached to the oil. yeah, <laughs> the
0: value it's
1: of a, a take a lot of oil.
0: yeah the value of a dollar doesn't really matter to an eight year old yet Mm-mm. but yeah I got you. I got you okay so tell me when you started like expanding to like other businesses because I know you you know you you got the heart of an entrepreneur so did you. My phone, my phone trying to talk, um, but but I know you got the heart of an entrepreneur, but when did you start like investing in like real estate and like the conversations me and you had like real estate and stocks and like when did you say, like, okay, I'm ready to invest in other ventures too? Yeah,
1: some of it, man, we just kind of backed into it. Real estate uh, was one of those things we just kind of backed into it because initially when we came back, we put our business in Orange Mound. Uh, you know, you know, we strategically chose Orange Mound for several different reasons. Uh, one of the biggest reasons was the property that we occupied was a family you know, owned property so we can get in with basically no overhead. We just had to put you know, money into renovating the property because it was in bad shape. So and then when we kind of started outgrowing that, we started looking at the properties around us so that we can eventually, you know, expand and build a, a bigger, you know, warehouse or facility. So that's kind of how we started getting into the real estate. Uh, Patrice's grandfather, um, he got into real estate as well when he was uh, a young man. And I don't know you if you know, like, the properties over uh, the, the Home Depot. No, it's a low. Yeah, it's a Home Depot. I'm sorry. Home Depot, Alpha Popula over there by White Station. Yeah. So uh, from what my wife tells me, he was in real estate kind of in that area okay. before Home Depot came in and purchased all of those properties. And then he took his uh, buyouts from them and then came and invested in Orange Mouth and had 30, 40 properties at one point in time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of real estate then that we will get would be some of the properties no longer uh having tenants in that was maybe in bad you know shape so we would come in we will catch up on the taxes we'll put a little bit of money into it and we will rent it out so that's kind of how we got into the real estate side of things uh my wife she she's a real estate agent right. uh so she's our license and she kind of like i said back into that from a standpoint of she only got it so that she can be able to handle our you know personal home purchase and you know she picked up clients along the way it was never one of those things where she's set out to be you know a real estate agent but the art part man so you know i host an event uh annually called black artist right. uh, it's an art event uh and that was one of those things that really i just kind of put on the shelf uh for a long as i was focused on you know being an entrepreneur and growing business and then when we got to a point a couple of years ago which this 2021 i want to say 2018 was the first show yeah I think, 2018 was I think the so yes yeah. 18 or 19, one of them, 18, I think, so I had, um, man, it was a lot of stuff that was happening that was just kind of inspiring me at the point, at, at that point, we had, went down to New York um, for just a, a quick little vacation, and we just kind of happened to be, uh, you know, in some galleries, and just kind of looking around, It's was like, man, this is cool, I like this, went over to Chattanooga, while we was in Chattanooga, it was an art show going on, so we kind of stumbled into that, and it was like, cool, and then um, She's Got to Have It on Netflix, came out a uh, remake uh, of the ocean yeah, yeah yeah, and she was an artist so and then i had a good buddy of mine uh named david and german who does a show uh called life is dope no not life is dope young gifted and dope uh which is an art show that they did here so i went to it and i'm like man this is cool you know so i got never never really set out to do a show but i just got inspired to come come home and paint so we was approaching the mlk 50 uh, the 50th year of his yeah. assassination here in Memphis. So I was like, man, it'd be cool. Let me let me do something, you know. So I started working on the MLK piece and did one. I was like, man, that's cool. Then did another one. I was like, all right. Then I did another one. And I looked up. I had eight pieces. And my wife was like, look, we don't have enough wall space for you to be painting. Out, so <laughs> what, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And then I, you know what? That's a great question. So I pulled four artists together, uh, and I was like, yo, let's do a show. Uh, didn't really have no expectations, just wanted to put it out there. Mm-hmm. And that first show, man, we had over 500 people show up, Right. Real cool show, dope, man, had a great time. And and I was just like, you know, me, not an entrepreneur side starts to, the wheels started turning. I'm like, man, 500 people came through. It's like, man, let's, let's see how big can we do it? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the next year, uh, we invested a little bit more money, got a bigger venue, put more artists on the platform and almost it almost had like 2000 people come out the second year mm. so- that's kind of how we, we started the the whole black artist, the art brand, you know, the platform for artists, local artists to get recognition and things like that. So that's kind of how I kind of got back into the art. It was something that was always there. But because I was focusing on business at the time, I put it on the shelf in, until I had the time and the capacity to be able to do it. And it was just perfect timing, man. Uh, we're in the process of planning out our next show. We're just kind of looking at COVID, trying to see what things are going to do. We want to make sure that when we do it, we do it right uh, so that's kind of why things have been on hold right now.
0: Oh yeah, of course. It's the whole uh, uh what do people call it? A, a pandemonium, a panoramic. <laughs> For sure. sure. All those, <laughs> all those things. So yeah, black artists coming back very soon as soon as everybody gets vaccinated and stop uh, wilding in my Mi- in Miami and uh, where where are they at? Miami, Atlanta.
1: Everywhere, dude. You everywhere. You can just pull up your Instagram.
0: Man, people gathering. Just being wild. <laughs> Um, what was I finna ask you? Cause it was something, that's what it was. So tell me like the balance between family and like, like fluttering those entrepreneurial wings. Cause you, cause you know, like you said, I don't need permission to go out and do what I need to do, but but, sure. but how, how does that balance with making sure that you have a, a, a thriving marriage and that you are there for the dog? I know like they are there for you, like at, at work. But I I've talked to a couple people and not everybody can navigate working with their spouse like so seamlessly. So tell me what what that's been like for you?
1: Yeah, man. And you know we we've had some growing growing pains and things like that. I, I I'm not going to be the one to tell you that you know man it was perfect. Nah, I had to read, I had to study, I had to figure out you know how to make this thing work. And one of uh one of my favorite artists, man. Oh, not artists, but uh, authors. Uh, and and, and success teachers is Grant Cardone. So uh, I read somewhere in one of his books, and he said, man, it really isn't any balance. He said, what you have to do is you have to 10x in every area of your life. Mm -hmm. And you have to read his book 10x to fully understand, you know, the 10x principle. But what I took from that was, all right, there's a lot of different things that's pulling at me, that's pulling at my time. You know, I'm, I'm doing certain things to make sure that business is still going. They don't allow me necessarily to be at home with the fam all the time. But what I do is when I'm with them, I'm with them. It's kind of like a gas tank, right? You know, the gas tank is on empty. But when I'm with them, my whole intention is just to fill their gas tank up. Yeah. I'm saying, so yeah. now I can go off and do other things, and the gas tank, you know what I'm saying, is full, and it might start getting low. And, you know what I'm saying, when it gets to the point to where it's getting low, all right, it's time for me to get back in there and fill that tank up. Mm-hmm. So, man, when I'm with them, I just try to be with them uh, 100%, no distractions, put the phones down, you know what I'm saying, let's hang out. Uh, but the unique thing is, I mean, we work together. Right. My wife sits directly across from me. What do you want for lunch? Uh, what are you doing after work? You know, what do you want to eat for dinner? So, I mean, we're, we're together all the time. The little one, she gets dropped off at the shop about 3.30 every day after school. <clears throat> so she's here with us. You know, we playing, we having fun. Uh, we just together all the time, man. So now it's easier. Uh, to achieve that balance but back then before Patrice came on board you know that was kind of my philosophy I had to fill up the, the gas tank when I was with them and I had to give them my undivided attention um, so that they you know so that we'll be good
0: man that's a good day that's, that's a good one for people who are still in that mode where they, where they gotta <laughs> like, how, do I, how am I there for my son my daughter my wife so just hey when you're with them be with them okay so let let let's start to let's start to bring home because I know you got to get home to that uh to that wife <laughs> and that kid. So are we chilling? Man? I told him we had we had this going on today. Oh okay, cool. Well, I don't want to take advantage of Patrice's kindness because if you, those of y'all who know Patrice, like she she don't play. Um, <laughs> but t- so talk to the people who are like in your position, like where you were growing up. Who maybe they they got that entrepreneurial itch. They don't know where to start. Maybe they got. You know that art they got that art artistic gene but they don't know how to transition to entrepreneurship maybe they're in the middle of day they, they english class you know getting those c's on their paper like man i just don't see myself doing this college thing like talk talk, talk to those people what what would you what would you tell them
1: man i think if you're in a place where you're trying to make a decision and you kind of straddling the fence, you know, do I want to do this? Do I want to do this? I think exposure, man, is the biggest thing. Uh, and exposure comes in many different forms. Mentorship, you know, somebody that has been down the road, has done, you know, that's already did it, that you know, that's living a lifestyle or has the business. You know, find that person. Offer them, hey, look, can I buy you a cup of coffee once a week? on me you know uh, and sit down and ask you three questions i won't ask you no more than three questions i won't take up no more than 30 minutes of your time you know and then they can start exposing you to things that they've seen along the industry and that way you can make a better educated decision also you know just get up and go if it's you know if you want to be an artist go to the art galleries talk to some of the artists figure out what it is that they're trying to do if you want to be a business owner you know walk into these shops you know figure out hey i want to start a t-shirt company what does it take you know and don't be afraid of you know the the results of what you get some people might say you know what nah bro i'm not teaching you anything but then honestly you'll get a lot of people that say Like myself, I don't mind sharing information from you because I think it's one of those things that the people that's not secure in what they do and understand the principle that what God has for you is for you and can't nobody take away from you. Those are the selfish people. Right. So they're not going to give you anything. They're not going to tell you any information. That's cool. You don't want to learn anything from them anyway. You know, so keep finding the people that that's willing to give you, you know, information. But exposure, man, exposure, exposure, exposure. You know, you do better because you know better. You know, and I think that's the, that's the challenge that we have with. Inner city, you know, kids and you know things like that. They just not exposed to anything outside of the hood. But as soon as them kids realize that, oh my God, you can drive a car like this, you can live in a house like this, you know, what I'm saying, you can have your own pool, you can do these things, you can you can give back, you can sow into your church, you can do. When you when they understand these things, now you have something to aspire towards. You have something to, you know, what I'm saying, keep you going every day. But it's exposure, man. You got to get exposure. You got to get exposed because it becomes a point. And that's why I tell my close friends, you can only talk to me for so long, you know what I'm saying, before you're faced with that decision, you know what I'm saying, because you can't can't run from it, you can't hide it. Like, if you're talking to me about entrepreneurship and you're talking to me about business and we're talking about that on a consistent basis, it's only so long before you're going to stay at a corporate job because my whole mentality, you just can't, there's no way you can keep up with, you know what I'm saying, working a job. So you're going to come to the realization soon enough. That's why I'm always cautious when I talk to people about business, because I know what I'm willing to do when things get hard. But are you willing to do the same thing? If not, we can't talk like that, right? Because it's the it's the matrix it's the red or the, or the blue pill. And you're going to have that decision eventually. You know what I'm saying? Continuing to hang around people that, you know, what I'm saying this, this entrepreneurs, this successful entrepreneurs.
0: and get some exposure is what the man is telling you like get get exposed oh. to people who are out here out here doing it if you want to be a full-time uh artist get exposed to what a full-time artist does like do do the thing okay so uh te- what what is next for for kelvin woods uh the the entrepreneur i don't want to limit you to like t-shirt lab like what's What's next? I know we've talked about stuff offline, but I don't know if you're ready to talk about yeah, sure. that stuff yet. But what what what's next for, for, for Kelvin?
1: Yeah, man, so COVID has completely shifted, you know what I'm saying, life in, in the way we do things. I value, you know what I'm saying, chilling at the house now. I value, you know, doing things with fa- with the family on the weekends and things like that. So, man, I'm I'm more so approaching a, a minimalistic lifestyle, you know, not too much chaos, you know. I'm a, I'm involved in a lot of Uh, Nonprofits and things like that, man. And some of them, you know, still need my time and attention and some of them don't. So I'm starting to really just kind of scale back and really look at how can I use my time, you know, uh, more effectively instead of spreading myself so thin and just giving a little bit of myself to, you know, so so many things. How can I give more of myself to one thing? So with the T-shirt lab, man, we it's a never ending process of systemizing the business. Always seeking, you know what I'm saying, the best systems um, and embracing technology, man. How can technology take, you know, the business to the next level and starting to invest in those, you know, softwares and, and things to make the job a whole lot easier for us to scale and be able to, you know, uh, accommodate more clients. Uh, so that's kind of what we're doing in T-Shirt Lab. Black artists, man, we're gonna come back bigger and better than ever. Uh, I don't know what that looks like just yet. Right. Uh, 2020 show was going to be black Artist, black gold uh and it was going to be big man we had five galleries we had a gallery coming out of harlem we had a gallery coming out of atlanta dallas nashville and then we had memphis so we was going to have five different galleries represented in this show man so we might still implement some of those things but we might have to change it up a little bit we haven't had a brainstorming session just yet but man yeah um and doing some stock investing now uh, i've been exposed to that uh technology is social media is interesting you know back in the day man you people you didn't have this level of exposure so it's almost like you can do a little bit of everything and be successful in it just with a little bit of information that you get from social media so man i'm just kind of i'm just kind of chilling right now you know just kind of evaluating waiting on COVID. you know to mm-hmm. see what, what we're gonna do uh we took advantage of man ton of deals uh equipment was cheap you know this last year because when nobody buying anything so we really uh equipped the shop uh with you know some technology and some equipment to when things bounce back man we will be able to do our job a whole lot better so that's kind of where we're at right now
0: man it sounds like you're sitting back and just waiting to make that master move like when 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 the when the time is right we're gonna strike so
1: yeah so. absolutely absolutely man we we're always Opportunity, man, you got to be prepared when he comes, you know. So, we're, we're always prepared for the opportunity when he it presents itself,
0: man. Big facts. So, all right, tell, tell the people. Well, I, I know you don't mind like mentoring and helping out people, so tell the people where they can find you, where they can find T-Shirt Lab, all that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, IG, Instagram, you can find me, K Woods54. Uh, you can find us the T-Shirt Lab, it's uh, T-Shirt Lab, T-E-E, Shirt Lab. Uh, Facebook also, uh Black Artist is Black Art I S H ish, Black Artist on uh, Instagram, also on Facebook. And um you can the website for the T-shirt lab is thetshirtlab.com. shirtlab.com. You can call us 901-207-3043. two zero seven three zero four three. We're here Monday through Friday, nine to five.
0: Oh, and for those of y'all who have not had the pleasure of working with Kelvin, he is he is great. I have worked with him before. He's great, very responsive too. And yeah, I great, appreciate great, it. great designs. All right, so that's our show. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Appreciate you, Kelvin, for coming on. Like You you've added a whole lot of value. Definitely appreciate it. All right, for those of y'all watching on YouTube, watching on Facebook, go ahead and smash that like button. Hold on, hold on. Let me get my ear horn. Let me get ear horn. Smash, you know, like all, all the kids do. Pew, 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 pew. Uh, smash that like button. Subscribe uh, so you do not miss the weekly episodes that we give. Y'all know we bring on like great guests like this who gave a whole lot of value to help you create your version of the good life if you're listening to this on itunes subscribe so you continuously get that audio you know we gotta we need more subscribers so we can get up in the rankings so we can get up in the rankings but until then you guys know how we do it we help you create your version of the good life every single thursday until then we'll see you next week